Everyone to episode 148 of Some Like It Scott, part of the Media Plug Podcast Network. I'm your host Scott Shelton, and on this week's episode, we may have palled around with The Rock and Jason Statham once on this podcast, but this week we're officially joining the family proper as we review the latest in the Fast and Furious franchise, F9. With me today, as always, I have my co-host Scott Harvey. Scott, how are you doing on this warm June evening? Uh, thank you, my fellow family member. I'm uh, so happy to. Uh... To be here with you i'm doing fine um yeah it's been it's been a little warm here but um went went out in greensboro last night with a buddy and it was wonderful weather we sat outside and ate some moroccan food which i had for the first time very That's tasty nice. yeah um and we went to to the barcade in greensboro and very i uh, messed him up in some nfl blitz as i am uh want to do um so it was throw, good throw him back to the macaulay days right there yeah, no, I mean, look, all of my skills I picked up from from the Macaulay days, um, yeah, and they have they have definitely served me well. I, it's it's probably uh, I don't know what it says that that's the most enduring skill maybe from my Macaulay days that um, continues to endure as my ability in NFL blitz. Uh, I'm yeah. kidding, of course, uh, Macaulay, if you're listening. My son will be attending your school someday, but um, I'm, I'm sure Kenny Scholl listens every week. Kenny, uh, yeah, but you know that was again. It was it was a fun night and another like, oh, things are getting back to normal, you know, type of thing. Um, yeah, totally. Which felt good because you know I that was probably the first time I'd you know gone out as as the phrase is, um, yeah. probably since pre pre pandemic. Um, so it was a good time. Yeah, it sounds really nice. I uh, was taking a trip back to pre pandemic times and actually was sick most of the week. So I got back from mm-hmm. Miami and had like some sort of like stomach virus or something. It was like one of those things where like I wasn't the Florida sick. flu. Yeah, probably. Honestly, who knows? Um, but like it was one of those things where I wasn't sick enough to like really be in bad shape. Like I felt OK, but like definitely not 100 percent. And it was really annoying. Yeah. Um, but finally, I guess I just kicked it yesterday afternoon. Um, maybe it was the return of European uh, championship soccer and knockout stages that said all right time to feel better now but got over it and uh you know went and saw f9 last night as i don't know celebration punishment for getting over being sick and uh, now we're now we're here scott and it's like there's a heat index warning of like 101 for new york tomorrow which is thrilling Uh, thank god i have air conditioning that is not uh not 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 something i i would want to fool with but yeah hey speaking of new york another exciting thing that happened this week is that um, we got tickets sent to it. Go yeah. see David Burns' American Utopia on the weekend that it returns to Broadway. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm much more excited about it probably than you are. But I uh, hope I so. I hope you're more excited about it than I am. Yeah, I think we're going to have a good time. I think you're going to really enjoy it. And I'm yeah, I very excited because it. it's not, you know, I had never, you know, just watching it last year on HBO. I never imagined that I would like ever get to go to, you know, this on Broadway, like on Broadway, not like a traveling mm-hmm you know, production yeah. or anything. This is, this is the real deal. 
Yeah, it's really exciting. First weekend back, so that'll be yeah. And I I think Broadway actually its first show reopened because I think I think um oh shoot it's um Springsteen's show on Broadway like started again okay. last night for the first time. It was the first thing on Broadway that reopened. Nice. I mean, it's just like a concert of him. I, I'm pretty sure it's just like a concert, so I don't even think it's like any real. Well, that's what I mean. That's what David Byrne's American Utopia basically is as well. But but uh, that's like choreographed too. But there's like a lot of involved with that, isn't it? Or no? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of performers, and you know, it's it's staged in a particular way. But I mean, it's it's a concert, yeah. like that's what it is. But yeah. sure, I just mean I think Springsteen is like literally just kind of like a standing concert. I, I could be wrong with sure. that. Yeah, it, no, I mean, anybody can. Hey, he's been correct. I'd, love, I'd go see it. I'd love to see it. <laughs> oh sure, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it no knock against it. But I think that's why it could get back to be the first thing mm-hmm. back in back in you know having performances, etc. But yeah, right. so it seems like things are going well. Like last night, I mean, last I mean we talked about this before, but New York's COVID restrictions are like all gone now basically um there's no there's no seating capacity restrictions in theaters so there is you know multiple people sitting right next to me um last night who were much more excited and and seemed to understand what was going on during the film which i'm really happy for them about um and yeah i was i was i wasn't sure how i was going to feel but honestly i felt the same as i've always felt going to a crowded movie theater and that i just wish people were always less close to me in the theater (laughs) than they are but uh there you go you know you can't always get what you want. I guess with that, why don't we uh, why don't we just go ahead and, and get to our topic of conversation on today's episode? We are speeding into the niche subgenre of racing spy family action movies with F nine uh, for the uninitiated, which I considered myself to have been until last night after the film when I read everything that I didn't know about the franchise. Um, F <laughs> this is the ninth mainline entry in the Fast and Furious franchise and the sequel to 2017's Fate of the Furious. F9 sees franchise regular Justin Lin return to the director's chair for the first time since 2013 in Fast and Furious 6. And the man largely considered to have evolved the franchise into the juggernaut that it is today is joined by a large cast of other FF staples, including Vin Diesel as Dom, Michelle Rodriguez as Letty, Tyrese Gibson as Roman, Ludacris as Tej, Jordana Brewster as Mia, and Natalie Emmanuel as Ramsey. Dom and his crew are immediately thrust into the action as an intelligence officer named Mr. Nobody, played by Kurt Russell, has captured the criminal mastermind from the previous entry, Cypher, played by Charlize Theron. However, his plane transporting her was shot down and Cypher freed by rogue intelligence agent John Cena's Jacob, who also happens to be, you guessed it, a never-before-mentioned member of Dom's family, his long-lost younger brother, whose past with Dom and connection to their father's death is explored in a series of flashbacks throughout the film. In the present day, Jacob is working with Playboy billionaire Otto, played by Thu Ersted Rasmussen, to steal a device codenamed Ares that, when activated and connected to a satellite, can take over any weapon system controlled by a computer. Read, not good. Don't worry, however, because Dom and his gang have plenty of stunts, gimmicks, cars, and nitrous to get them all, get them all through 145 minutes, and it wouldn't be the Fast and Furious franchise if there wasn't a character revealed to not be dead after all, as Han, played by Sung Kang, finally gets his justice. Scott, did F9 speed to the top of your list for best films of the year? Or like Dom's dad's car in 1989, did this franchise stall with only a couple laps left to go? Yeah, I mean, very popular franchise. It must be said, um, you know, you don't, not, not that many uh, franchises make it to, to nine movies. Um, and, you well, know, ten, ten if you count the spinoff, but yeah. Sure, if you count Hobbs and Shaw, which we got a couple of years ago. Um, and I think in in the contemporary discourse, Fast and Furious often gets compared to Mission Impossible, right? Because they're two sort of, you know, they are 
IP driven. And I mean, you know, Mission Impossible is based off of an old TV show. Um, Fast and Furious, I guess it did. Like it is full, wholly original, but um, you know, it's it's a whole thing at this point. But, I mean, you, you could yeah. say like the last like six movies in the franchise are inspired by the original like two movies, right. which have nothing at all to do with what currently right. is the state of the franchise. Um, but you know, they're, they're for more or less. These are the two sort of like big original blockbuster franchises that are going on that, um, yep. you know, get, get butts and seats. You know, they obviously share a few similarities, namely the, you know, known for the over the top action and stunts in both um, franchises. There's no mincing words about it. We, uh, we have always been more of mission impossible fans. Um, and it, you know, it's really yeah. not even close. You know, I've seen most of the fast and furious Movies, yeah, it, it, it's a franchise that has an interesting life, as you kind of alluded to there, talking about Justin Lin, because the first four movies really didn't do. I mean, they weren't they weren't like I mean, you know, they did reasonably well, I think, commercially, but none of them were really that well received. It didn't really spawn this sort of fan base that we see now until we got to Fast Five and Justin Lin kind of converted the series from the more racing based action of the first four films to, yeah, just full on spy. I mean, they're just, they're action, they're, you know, they're spy action movies now, like um, in the traditional sense of the the word, like the street racing and all of that, which again was kind of the, um, particularly in the first three films was a heavy element of the plot um, is now, you know, sort of by the wayside uh, in favor of, you know, just general over the top action. Um, and, and so, and yet, you know, despite that, like, you know, I've enjoyed a couple of the films in there, Fast Five, Furious Seven. I mean, I think those are, you know, enjoyable films, but they're not action movies that I go back to, certainly in the way that I do with the Mission Impossible movies. Um, and F9 is not the movie that is going to, you know, change that for me, at least. Um, I found this to be Really, really, the the word that comes to mind when I think about this is lazy. Um, that's kind of how I would describe um, F nine on the whole. Is this just feels like a lazy, um, lazily conceived project in in many ways. I mean, starting with the plot, you know, you mentioned we're just going to introduce John Cena as Dom's brother, who has never been mentioned in any of the other eight films before. And this is not the first time that the Fast and Furious franchise does something like. That. I mean, th this is like. Um, seems to be what they do when they fit, when they're out of ideas, right? Like we started, you know, Owen Shaw, right, was the villain in Fast and Furious Six, uh, played by Luke Evans. Next movie, we find out, oh, guess what? He's got a brother. He's got Deckard Shaw, right? He's got Jason Statham, who's even more nastier than he is. Fate of the Furious, right? We introduce their mo their mother, played by Helen Mirren. Um, and Hobbs and it's Shaw, just they have a sister. Every, yes, every single time they run, I mean, and, and, you know, it all comes back to, of course, the fact that the franchise is about family, right? Um, they're family dramas they seem, at their core. They have, the taken, they, have, they have taken that much too literally uh, in the sense of we're just going to keep introducing a literal family member. I mean, yeah. the, the backstory for, you know, John Cena, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And his motivation is just silly. Like, um, when... When Han returns, and that's not a spoiler because you know we knew that that was going to happen. When when Han returns, like there's just a ridiculous scene where John Cena is like imprisoned in the hideout or the headquarters of the the crew, and Han and and uh, Vin Diesel have this big like bro hug or whatever, and it just like cuts to John Cena, and he's just like furious inside of his cell because. Han is hugging 
Dom, like, because I guess, you know, he's, he's treating him like the brother that, uh, you know, the brotherly relationship that he never had with, with Dom. And like, that's all there is really to, to his motivation, it seems like in this movie. And uh, of course, you know, they're going to redeem him in the end or whatever, and he's going to join the family. Um, and it's with that, just, with that exact voice tone too. Again, again, it's, it's lazy. The plot itself is, you know, in addition to being very hard to follow is like, you know, just very MacGuffin heavy. Like we have to get the thing, you know, the two pieces of the thing, because if these two pieces of the thing and this other key thing are united, then the world's going to end, you know, just the absolute most basic action movie plot nowadays. Um, and and I mean, at one point, Vin Diesel even says, I'm taking it out of context a little bit, but he's like, everybody's looking for a thing. Uh, and then what he goes on to say, he's like, everybody's looking for a thing We should be, when we should be looking for a person. And I was like, really, though, in that one line, he he sums up what the movie is about. Everybody's looking for a thing. That's that's the plot of the movie. Like, honestly, Um Michelle Rodriguez, there's some really weird stuff that happens with her character in this movie about like her basically being like an adrenaline junkie. And um, like, even though she has a family now, I, we'll, we can get into it, but there's just some really unsettling behavior that she exhibits in this movie. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's dumb and not like a good, good, dumb. like, you know, there are plenty of dumb action movies that I like. Um this is a self-serious dumb. That's yeah, it's a self-serious dumb. It's nonsensical plot. Like I said, it's it's lazy. Like, and he's you know he's trying to be self-aware in a sense. Like Justin, oh, yeah. it seems there, there's this whole running thread of of Tyrese being like, you know, everyone. It seems like the fact that we all keep surviving. It's you know, it's like we're, we're invincible or something. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that's supposed to be like a thing. The whole like space aspect, of course, is, is like something people were joking about this movie before, probably before it was ever even in the works, right? Before the, the script had ever been written or anything like that. So it's almost like, yeah, again, I he's being, so. he's being self-aware of like, you know, people were joking. Oh, well, where else do they go from here to space? He's like, yeah, we're going to go to space. And it's just You're absolutely right. stupid stupidity everything that happens in space in the in space is just is absolute stupidity um i find tyrese to be incredibly annoying um ludicrous's character at one point is like can you just stop talking for a second and i was like preach um <laughs> preach Luda, preach all he is there is to to just the only reason he's there is to yell and t- to say one-liners that aren't even funny like so um it's a it's a real low for the friend. Like I said, you know, these movies have never been my favorites or anything that I've gone back to. Um, but I have tolerated most of them. There's none of them that I have felt were really outright bad. But now with Hobbs and Shaw, which I did not think was very good, and this movie, which I think is even more of a mess, um, I am completely out on the Fast and Furious movies. And, you know, there might there's gonna be a tenth one, of course, and God only knows what they're going to conceive of for for the plot of that movie. But um, I, you know, I just hope that there's some indie movie that's coming out that weekend, I guess, um, <laughs> in a couple of years that we can review instead, because I, I have no interest whatsoever. I, I had minimal interest before in this franchise and this movie extinguished whatever was left of it. Yeah, look at the largest pandemic opening so far. Seventy million dollars this weekend. Um, just People went back for it, though. I Look, I am even less familiar with this franchise 
than you, Scott. I mean, you talked about you've seen most of them, maybe not all of them. I've seen before this, I've seen Hobbs and Shaw because we reviewed it on the podcast. And I'd seen the first and the second films in this franchise. And it's all I had seen. So <laughs> the three movies that I had seen in the franchise are the ones that were pretty much irrelevant I'm pretty, for, the, for this movie. You didn't have to have seen those movies to understand what was Certainly going on. the second one movie. is completely irrelevant. Yeah. Well, they introduced Tyrese and Ludacris, I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah. Look, yeah, I know you're right about that. Yeah. But relevant. I mean, not relevant beyond that. I mean, granted, the first one's not relevant beyond that either, except for introducing mm -hmm. you to the, some of the other characters, I suppose. But look, I had absolutely no clue what was going on in this movie. I literally did not even realize that Dom's son was not, you know, Letty was not his mother. I didn't know that until like the movie started. I didn't know anything. Like, it's I uh, Elena. Is that her? It was yeah, Elsa I, I read, I read all, all about it after movie. the movie, yeah. Scott. Don't worry. Uh -huh. I, I understand the big lore of the, of, of the past saga now. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had no idea about that. That didn't like, I just kind of assumed that like Ramsey was a character that had been around for a while, but I think she's only been around for like a movie or two. Um, all of that, like, phew, boy. I like kind of knew about the Shaw stuff just because we watched Hobbs and Shaw. So I knew sort of like the Shaw background there and Queenie just showing up completely randomly for about five or 10 minutes in this movie. Don't understand why whatsoever other than just to say, I guess Helen Mirren can collect a paycheck. I, I don't know. I mean, Charlize Theron's appearance was equally. Don't, don't you, yeah. don't you smear her name. She was in red I'm leather. I'm just saying it was just, it was as <laughs> obligatory was as Helen Mirren. <laughs> Charlize Theron was, was wonderful in this movie. Scott, you can sit down. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, Neither her nor her haircut was wonderful. Well, yeah, sure. Her haircut wasn't that great, but the red leather, though. I mean, come on. Anyway, I, look, this this movie was a disaster. This movie was a total disaster from my perspective. I had absolutely no idea what was going on, which great. Like, look, this movie's not for me. I haven't seen anything in this franchise that was relevant to this movie whatsoever. But it didn't even give you a moment to to consider catching you up or getting you up to speed on anything if you if you were a recent if you're a recent joiner to the family uh family members only i think i think it's fair to say that this movie is for because it just really drops you right into the middle i mean there's the flashback or whatever to 1989 and then it just drops you straight into like i guess wherever the last one left off no no idea whatsoever uh it didn't matter in the whole probably because that's not like the the overarching story and like i don't know is not really what the, these films are about. I can't, like, I assume the guy next to me who was just saying, oh my God, like 20 times in the movie because he was so excited. Like, I just assume that guy did not come for like the overarching story threads uh, of the film. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but at the same time, like people love this movie, love these movies in a way that like it, you know, you don't, you don't just love movies like this in the way that people love them just for the action right like there there is well, a, it's the characters it's telling the characters yeah, but it's not like yeah it's not like the lore of the f9 unit like of the of the fast universe though that let's like gets them coming back and i guess i mean i guess characters are a part of that so maybe i'm twisting myself into a pretzel here i, I don't know characters aren't good. <laughs> sure yeah i mean like that certainly is my opinion i mean i i like ludicrous i actually like him quite he's probably my favorite character of the of the bunch in the in this film and um i i like i guess i like natalie emmanuel as well Who's kind of they play off of each other a lot, which which work. But I mean, like Tyrese and I mean, it, oh my God, Vin Diesel just awful, just absolutely he's just, atrocious. He's hilarious. Like his, <laughs> some of his line deliveries are just like that, oh that, my that God. Is, I wanted that comedy gold from the rest of the movie, like with some of his his line deliveries. <laughs> it's but so laughable. That, that's been a running movies. running gag. There's the one movie, and it's it's a clip that goes around on Twitter. 
<laughs> where you you do not understand what he is saying. Like it is a line that is completely unintelligible from one of the movies. And you know, a lot of the a lot of the lines come come out like that. I mean, he has charisma. Like that that's the thing. Sure. Like that's the that's you know the reason that the um these movies have stayed afloat, I think, because but his hard his hard man there is something like, there. Is so is like, oh man. You give me Tom Cruise any day, like Sure. Yeah. Look, I, I don't want to spend my time carrying it to Mission Impossible because that's like obviously not, not fair because the last Mission Impossible movie is like one of my favorite, if not my favorite. Compar- well, no, one of my favorite action movies of all time. But comparing any franchise out right now to Mission sure. Impossible. Yeah, I mean, except for that's... the before trilogy. <laughs> well, it's not a current franchise anymore. But um, any, anyway, yeah, look, I just was not a fan of this movie. And the thing that you're talking about it being lazy and like just and like Justin Lind sort of like taking the lead from fans talking about like like the whole thing like going to space and stuff i mean that's the thing that honestly stuck out stuck out the most to me just from a more critical perspective of the film is that like i have never seen a film so successfully pander to its audience like it's like so crazy because like are you sure you didn't see uh star wars the rise of skywalker (laughs) yeah exactly well that's the thing because like it it didn't successfully pander to its audience it certainly tried to pander to its audience that's true but i still think most people like thought that was like an average at best movie and like Mm -hmm. most i mean like a good number thought it was below average but i'm like i don't know from the audience last night it seemed like most people were like very on board with what happened in f9 and that's like crazy like it I mean, one upping Star Wars on like kowtowing to your franchise or kowtowing, however you say that word, to your to your to your like franchise base is like amazing. Like it's just awesome that they're able to successfully do that. I guess because I mean, yeah. other franchises can't manage it. But like good good on them. It to me feels just like so. It seems like almost like more bankrupt than like Disney like a Disney live action remake of like just making the same movie in in some ways. Like I'm gonna remake this thing that like it doesn't really matter whether you like it or not i'm just gonna remake it i'm just gonna remake it and i'm gonna throw it out there at you whereas this is like i'm gonna make a new movie and i just wanted to just slide into my twitter dms and that's what we're making the, the we're plot just gonna of this bring film. all of these characters back just not really gonna explain how they got here it's just like like it's like a, it's like yeah. a game show or something practically when they're in the headquarters and it's like uh who's coming down the hallway now you know <laughs> yeah, it's, seriously. it's jordana brewster it's you know han yeah. and his you know this this girl that's with him now man like, don't even get me started on the han stuff i mean i i have i didn't even know what han looked like before going into this movie like haven't really thought more than like five seconds ever about this character but holy crap what what a disaster of a subplot um <laughs> getting to han my lord uh, but I guess I don't I'm trying to think of any of the other high level thoughts that I had. Um, look, the stunts, like some of them are cool. Like, I, I will say that, like, I think they're fairly well conceived. Um, but 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 talking about the action. Right. And I do want to go back to Mission Impossible for a second. Like the, there is a difference because sure. like yeah. the Mission Impossible, like the, the stunts are crazy, but they are grounded. Real. Right. Yeah. Like. And we know that they are grounded because that is actually Tom Cruise who's doing yeah, them. Yeah, like they're it, crazy, and you can't imagine it actually happening in real life. It's but not it turns possible out it's real for life. a human being to be doing what is being done in this uh, movie. And yeah, like like you said, there's some cool moment, like the the car chase that happens in the first you know thirty minutes or or so, where he like hooks oh, his car yeah. onto a rope yeah. and like swings. What like, the hell? That was that was cool. I mean, I, I mean that was I, in the trailers. I, I mean, they just put all the best stuff in the trailers. That yeah. Well, I I I mean, I, I you know, you can get a good stunt or two out of these movies. Like you know, sure, the, sure. the safe, of course, is um is the famous one from 
Fast Five, I believe, or they're dragging the South, the the, the safe round. But yeah, five um, or six. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, the, it just it wears on you. And like the you know they bring in this like giant electromagnet becomes it, and it's like kind of cool at first, but they just overdo it so much with like using this magnet, like there's only so many times I can watch them like drive by a street or whatever. And, you know, they turn on the magnet and everything from inside the stores comes flying. I mean, there's like, they do that like three different times. I'm like, stop. Also, also put like turning on the magnet and pulling the car all the way through a jewelry store. Yeah. A jewelry store. What? Yeah. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I, I, look, yeah, I enjoyed some of the stunts are cool. It just like everything just got, like got old really quickly. And, um, like, and it's two and, I, and a half hours long. <laughs> and it's two and a half hours long. Um, I mean, I guess it's like it's never boring, but I was bored. If that makes sense, like the movie itself I is like it not, is boring in in some places. Like, sure, I, look, I'm sure. I, I say that because I think I think that there isn't anything particularly wrong with the pacing, and there's not anything wrong with like what's happening. But just like I just found myself very bored during it. So I I don't want to say the movie is boring. I was just bored a lot during the movie. I don't like I don't know yeah. else to describe it than that. But we'll get to that maybe in a little bit because let's not. Why don't we just let's let's talk about the family, Scott? The family. I mean, what else is there to say, right? I mean, Vin Diesel, classic. Michelle Rodriguez, classic. Jordana Brewster. Has she done anything else besides the Fast Saga? I'm not sure. I think she uh, had nothing. a TNT show for a while. Oh, good for her. Um, that's nice. Let's see what else there's. I mean, yeah, there's Tyrese. There's Ludacris. It, it, who of that bunch do you want to talk about? I mean, I guess we got to talk Ty- about Vin. We got to talk about Vin. Well, Tyrese did have one line that I thought was funny when they were like going into the place that eventually becomes their headquarters for the first time, and they're like looking at how old and decrepit or whatever it is, and like these like caverns or something practically. And um, mm-hmm. he says something like, I, "I'm not going to get it exactly right," but he's like, or somebody says, "Oh, this place is way off the grid," and he's like. When when this was place no was around, they didn't even have grids. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Um, oh, it was man. just it struck me in a in a funny way. But Vin Diesel, yeah, I mean, look, he he does have charisma. That that's the thing. Like, he doesn't have doesn't have a lot of acting ability, but there's something there that makes him more watchable than you know your average action star who can't act. Right? I mean, certainly he's not on the level again of a somebody like Tom Cruise who actually is a great actor. Um, but you know, as this big hulking kind of, you know, dumb guy, he just like, he's, he's a good uniting force. Uh, I don't know how else to, to say it. Like he's a good, you know, heartbeat at the center of, um, these movies. Um, even if, you know, I don't really feel any sort of emotional connection really to, to any of the characters here. Um, you know, he I, I acknowledge that he does a good job for what this role is supposed to be. Um, and, what is you know, this role it, supposed to be? Maybe that's a good question. Like I said, he's supp- he's supposed to be like the father of the family, right? Like he's he's sort of the one the he and, and Brian. And this was the point I was going to make is that I think he's done a good job probably since of, of you know, keeping it going since Paul Walker passed away because, you know, that friendship before – before, when Paul Walker was still alive, that friendship was kind of the uniting force, right, in the movies, um, yeah. going back to the very first movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's like, he's the family man, right? He is he is the person who... The family man who just... Holds all of this together. 
you say that scott but did it cross your mind at all like where is there where is his kid in all this yeah and this <laughs> freaking is, leaves this is michelle rodriguez thing right like at the beginning of the movie they're living like out in the off the grid the, yeah off the grid and a car rolls up right and they're like oh shoot um and they tell the kid to hide inside something and yeah. um it you know it turns out it's just tyrese and ludicrous and everybody but it, so it's fine but then later when when um she, when letty and mia are having are eating the noodles in japan and they have this conversation and letty is like yeah talking about how like she's she likes being out in the field doing stuff again she's like yeah you know my when the cars pulled up i told my son to hide used to be we didn't hide from anyone and i was like that is not the message that you should be taking from this that oh the fact that my son is hiding like not taking responsibility for that whatsoever <laughs> saying the reason that he's hiding is not because of what we've done in the past it's because we're not out here like abandoning him basically and constantly like getting involved with these harebrained schemes and action and everything that's going on and putting our lives in danger. And um, like it's her, her priorities are just in like the, the complete wrong place. And uh, that's, that's why I say her, her character exhibits some, some very unsettling behavior. She has a line <laughs> early in the movie where, when they're like, when, the, when it's pre, pre the car chase, but she she's driving her motorcycle or something and she starts like speeding past Dom and Dom says to her like be careful and she goes no careful is how you get hurt and I was like what like I don't even understand what she was trying to say with that like that just line does not make any sense at all it's similar to you got you got to play to win you don't play not to lose Scott I mean she is not going to be happy until she dies and that and but then, like, Vin Diesel, you know, practically dies, and there's, like, a weird flashback, surreal, like, flashback sequence. Practically and she's died. like, Scott, I'm pretty sure he was dead, but he, then he just yeah. magically back appears. Well, is there a multiverse yeah, in the Fast every, and Furious every, universe? Is there a multiverse? Character. That's every character. But But then, you know, he comes back to life, and she is like, without this, without you, none of this matters. And I'm like... If this is so important, like if, if staying alive is so important, then like why are the the whole time are you talking about how you like getting off on being out here, you know, getting in crazy car chases and gunfights and all of this stuff? Like it again, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the whole cast, like whatever. Tyrese is annoying. Um, I, I just don't really find any of the sort of jokey, jokey stuff between you know, him, Ludacris, and Natalie Emanuel to be as as entertaining as watching, say, Benji and Luther in Mission Impossible. Like, sure. um, it just, it doesn't have that same sort of spark to it. Um, and yeah, again, like I said, Tyrese is just very annoying at this point. I do think like some combination of like Tej and Ramsey are, do give you like something close to Benji, I think. Like, I, I do like their dynamic. I just, yeah, the whole Tyrese of it all just like really throws it off for me. Not not a fan uh, of that but yeah look man Vin Diesel I suppose has charisma I you know I'm just man he I just find him to be just insufferable. he's just a lovable I just find him to be you know he's just a big lovable lug that's what he is uh yeah uh, sure (laughs) okay 
<laughs> not how I would have described him. Um, but I, I, I get I mean, that's it. what I, people I, see in him. I think. Sure, no, yeah. and I get it. That's just like not at all how. That's not my experience <laughs> with him. I just, yeah, man, he's he's just like so deadpan. Like I don't, I don't like this. This guy, this it doesn't seem like this guy has many emotions. Like this is like your this to me. Like I watch this and I'm like, man, th- this is like like tip tipping over the edge of like toxic masculinity. And with Vin Diesel's character, like if he weren't like, if he were like any more negative, I guess like or like treated anyone around him like poorly, man, like this this character is like super problematic, right? Like he seems yeah. like he represses all of his emotions, like doesn't doesn't really seem to share much with with other people, but like he's the patriarch of the family, so it's his job to take care of everyone, I guess. I, I don't get it. Um, I mean, I, I get what people see in it, but I just I I don't I personally don't get it. Uh, it's not clicking with me. Um, so. Like that's that Michelle Rodriguez. Oh boy, man, yeah, not not uh, not her best showing. I mean, Maybe it's, it's the a character, character problem. It's not her, right? Yeah. She's been good in other movies. It's just like I haven't yeah. seen her in something in like a long time. Honestly, like what else Widow, has she done Widow. recently? Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah, she was in Widows. She was good in Widows. She was good in Widows. Yeah, look, I, I, it's a character problem. I think I think that's the problem. Like, I mean, I guess they've created characters that people really love and really enjoy, but like. For me, I, I look at all these characters and I'm like, man, I don't care about any of these characters. And I know that's maybe because I haven't spent any time with them. Like, I haven't seen any of the movies. But they're not doing anything in F9 that's getting me invested in, in any of them. Like, like I, honestly, I was probably most invested in, in Mia. Because that's like the one character, with, to me, that has like... Really? Any, well, yeah, I've only seen like the first like the first movie. Like, the first movie yeah, is like the, one, yeah. the one that I point to. And like, so there's Vin who we already talked about there's michelle rodriguez's character who's just like feels like she's come so far from that movie like i know i know i was reading the plot sign up so she's well, been she through a lot dead. she was dead for a little bit yeah yeah she was dead for a little bit and then she like had amnesia for a little bit and then mm-hmm. like got some of her memories back and then got all of her memories back when she got a big old hug from papa um and then like she's here now so maybe something's still like messed up with her head I, i'm not sure but just weird stuff happening in this one. And so like the only original character left because Paul Walker is of course he, he's passed on, but is Mia. So like, that's the only one that I could point to and be like, I know who this character is. Um, Cause I don't, I mean like Tyrese is a main character in the second one, but I don't even think like Ludacris is not a main character in the second movie. He's just like, I'm pretty sure he's like a really small role um, doing like some of the street races in Miami. But anyway, uh, yeah, look, it, it's just like, it didn't work. These characters don't, I don't connect with them. They didn't do anything in this movie to connect them with, like, connect me to them. If I didn't have that connection already, like, there's no, there's no building that's happening here. It's like maybe deepening your connection, but it's not, it's not building new connections for me. And so I, I didn't really feel like I, I connected with any of them. And I think if we move in and talk about John Cena's character now, who's like, kind of, I guess, the one significant new character to the film. Like, man, I just found something so hilarious about seeing like whoever the young version of John Cena is doing like the face cut from like the young version to the old version. Cause it looks nothing like him. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Well, I mean, how do you find a kid who looks like John exactly. Cena? Exactly. Anyway? So why are you like... doing that shot? Why, why are you creating that shot? You don't have to do that to yourself. It was, I laughed out loud when it happened. <laughs> no one yeah. else laughed. I'm pretty sure. But I just thought it was hilarious. It looks just ridiculous cut, like, like slow cut. Oh my God. Yeah, he's not good in the movie. Like, he doesn't have the charisma for me that, like, Vin Diesel. Or The Rock. Inexplicably has. Or The Rock has certainly not. Um, And, and, you know, John Cena, he just, like, I think think the public has felt the same way because he hasn't had any 
they keep trying to make him happen, right? But he hasn't had any movies that have really taken off. Um, yeah, he was the villain in Bumblebee, but that was like the only thing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, he's playing alongside a very gifted actor and Haley Steinfeld in that movie. But um, yeah. you, you know, I, I just, I, I think, like I said, I think they need to stop trying to make him happen. But of course, you know, that's not going to happen because now he's going to be in the next eleven of these movies. Um, He'll have a spinoff dedicated to himself, I'm sure. Well, I mean, what are they going to do in the next one? Are they going to like go to the the afterlife or something? Are they going to go to heaven? Uh, they're going to go to the great before. They're going to go. They're going to go f- to hell and fight the devil. I think. <laughs> I think that's the, the natural next step. Is they're going to street race the devil and who's hell. the devil, Scott? That's the, who they're going to cast as the devil. I don't know, but we're going to find out that the devil is actually the long lost uncle of uh, of Dom as well. So just yeah. be prepared for that. Yeah, like my, my take was that we're going to because we now know who Dom's father is. I'm going to say that's actually not his real father, and we're going to figure out who his biological father is in the next one. What about his mother? She's really not in the movie, so she's a quitter. They don't include yeah. her. She's not a real family member. Bring on, uh, I don't know who who would play Vin Diesel's mother. That, uh, probably his like real life mother. I don't know. I, I oh that. Who's that from In the Heights? Get the get the <laughs> get the abuela. abuela from in the Heights. <laughs> that would be a choice right there. <laughs> it's a music. They're, they're going to make it, Scott. They're a thousand percent going to make a musical Fast and Furious. Like I guarantee. I mean, yeah. It, well, he's they've are, there's already stuff about that going around online. But anyway, <laughs> oh, like, actually, nice. it is so ridiculous in terms of like you know that people are invincible. Everyone comes back. There's no explanation that I read and I wrote this in my review. Like at the very end of the movie. They're so, they're all at dinner or whatever, and they have yeah. they leave like an empty chair basically because Brian's not there, and they're like, "Oh, Brian's on his way." And we like the last shot of the movie is like we see a car pull up in the driveway, and Brian's like, the door, blue car yeah. door opens. Yeah, um, like and I it would not have shocked me in the slightest if like the, the literal actual living Paul Walker got out of the car and just walked up to the to the dinner table. I would have been like. Sure, why not? The great, the greatest long con in cinema history. Paul <laughs> Walker is actually, actually alive. alive. That'd be wild. I mean, look, they probably could have. Like, surely they had some archival footage that they could have used, right? I, like from some sure. movie. Sure. He's got, there's got to be some shot of him in a driveway getting out of a car. Like there has to be. Probably. Uh, they could have used it, and they didn't want it bad enough, I guess. I guess not. But look, I, I, I said it, something for the next movie. Yeah, I was just saying in my comment, I said full CGI Paul Walker is the main character in the next movie, guaranteed. Take it to the bank. If James Dean can do it. And he's also Dom's brother, by the way. James Dean or Brian? Both. But Brian <laughs> and James Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Brian is a half-brother. His mom actually cheated on her father. And uh, there you go. <laughs> could have, sure. It could be. Some weird incest implications for Mia and Brian, but who cares? Yeah. It's not what this, not, not not this movie's concerned. That's for sure. All right, uh, we talked about John Cena. Now, who else is next? Who do you want to talk about next? Is there anyone else to talk about? Truly, there have is. To, we, Han, have we haven't about... talked about Han. We got to talk about Han. Did did Han get justice, sure. Scott? Did Han get justice? No. What he's would barely, be justice? He's Ron? barely in the movie. I don't know. I'm not the person who who would be able to answer that question. To be honest with you, um, because. You know, again, when I saw that he's coming back in the trailer or whatever, I was like, sure. Also, look, I I know I get the tactic of like, all right, guys, we heard you justice for Han. 
talk about writing the script from Twitter DMs. But like, man, don't blow your load in like a, a trailer. Like, come on. You imagine how freaking cool that would have been yeah. if, you, if you go to the movie and you didn't know that was happening and it happens. Like people would go crazy. And like when I, when you first see Han in the movie, like literally nothing from the crowd. Well, like, it's like literally the, nothing from the crowd. It's like all of the Spider Spider Verse stuff that is you know going to be in the next live action Spider Man movie. You know they they've they've teased it all, and of course now they're trying to like walk it back and be like, oh well, actually yeah. none of these. They have Andrew Garfield saying there's all, no way. Yeah. They're all going to be in it, we, and we know it. And that ruined the moment for me of like if Tobey Maguire had appeared and I had no idea that it was happening, I would have lost it. I just think it was stupid. Like, I'm sure that would have always gotten out. Instant maybe gratification nowadays, you know. Yeah, man. Putting putting your best hits in your trailers, it just it, it makes it less satisfying in the movie. It just makes yeah. it so much less satisfying in the movie. And, and I think that like that's the that is like the one thing that Marvel is just like so freaking good at is that they don't give you anything in the trailers. They yeah, keep all true. of their stuff under wraps, all of their big surprise, like all of their meaningful big surprises. They always come as a surprise in the movie, like cap with a hammer, like all that stuff. Like it's just so, it's just so under wraps there. And like, there's a reason why portals is just like the freaking greatest thing ever. <laughs> like, it, It's because like actually know how to keep all of their, all of their stuff under wraps. Yeah. I mean, we knew they were going to be coming back, but they didn't spoil how it was going to happen. And so, yeah. And yeah, look, it's just, you just got to learn like look they're obviously more successful than i'll ever be because i'll never like make a movie that makes a couple billion dollars like a multi-billion dollar franchise but like just imagine like how much more hype that your like auditorium would have been if that was a surprise and like i don't even care but like it would have been cool to be there and people yeah. like lose their mind about it that'd been awesome um but like didn't didn't happen that way you know i mentioned sort of earlier on in my general impressions that uh i i just really thought it was a horrific subplot what happened in Tokyo. And I think it, it is pretty representative of like the approach to almost all parts of the, of the movie just making it like so convenient. You called it lazy, which I would a hundred percent agree with, but they sit down at this like, like street noodle place in Tokyo. And they're like having this conversation. You know, you, you mentioned the conversation they were having earlier about what, you know, what Letty thinks that they should be doing. <laughs> Like I, I don't know what makes her happy, her her deep seated desire to like not be tethered to complete lack of se- ability to be self reflective. Like yeah, and then all of a sudden she just looks up and sees this Mexican flag in a window, and that's the connection that they need. They have this they have this postcard from that has a Mexican postcard, you know, postmarked from Tokyo, and that must be this random freaking noodle shop in Tokyo. They sit down at look up there. There's Han's hideout. What on earth? What on earth? Are you kidding me? Unreal. I just I I was flabbergasted, Scott. Watch also watch Jordana Brewster and like how she's eating the noodles to, during that oh, yeah, scene. I if, did, if you I haven't did. watched I, it yet, I was laughing. She's so just hard. like moving her like chopsticks back. Like it it looked like a person who'd never eaten noodles in their life. Like, it's, I mean, it's yeah. crazy. I think, I think in that whole scene, she eats like one little thing of like, yeah. like choy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like the only thing she eats. But I was like, I was absolutely like, cause it already been happening a little bit with like really convenient elements of the plot to move forward. Like, for example, like in the flashback, the first day that he's like working in the garage and just like random fact about like loose 
whatever it was, the component that had like stopped the hair, like, hairline. For, yeah, yeah what, like, what the, the first day? Yeah. Are you kidding me? How is that possible? But I mean, you know, again, convenience is the name of the game. It's how these people survive. I mean, there are so many moments of, in the of the action in this where, like, it is like again, it's like stormtrooper levels of bad. Oh, it's so, like, it's so much worse than that. that the thing the helicopters are like flying oh behind the car. There is nothing in between them and the car, and they are like ten yeah. feet away, and they just miss, miss, completely miss the car. And all the soldiers with Tyrese, like I know they're winking yeah. and nodding at the camera, but I'm just like, this is so stupid, and it does not make you look smarter when you acknowledge it. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know if you have anything else to add about all that. I guess, I guess we've kind of roped in the sort of like narrative drive into this conversation now but like it, it just like it, it actively pissed me off watching this movie like seeing look and look it, this is not the only movie to have ever taken conveniences into account like i'm not sitting here and thinking like fast and furious like create like created this this issue but like the extent to which like literally every single scene had some it felt like it had some sort of convenience and it's like unbelievable Maka, yeah. yeah like either some convenience or just like completely waves away Something that had just happened in the previous scene. Like, I mean, one, the, the whole thing with the kid is just hilarious to me. Like, literally, what do they do with the kid? Like, where is the kid in the movie? Seriously, where? Like, they're in the middle of freaking nowhere. They're with where, where the is this other, kid? Fa- other family members that we're going to find out about in, you know, the next movie. Oh, my. I'm like, it's like, what on earth? Like, how he's he's just, you know what what it is is he's still hiding and wherever he <laughs> they never told him he could come out because that's the last time we see him right he's hiding in this thing and yeah the you know all, all of their friends show up and then the plot gets set in motion or whatever we don't know like he, he's probably still in there like until the end of the movie obviously comes back but yeah i mean obviously that's not true because like vin diesel like is like tucking him into bed bed in like a scene that's before true. he leaves or whatever yeah. but like it's it's that kind of like is the kid just like in his bed? Like he just wakes up the next morning and his, and his parents are gone. Like he's with Brian, he's with. Uh, I mean, maybe Paul Walker. Yeah. Look, I, I, that would be something at least. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just don't get it. And and then take that. Like that's that's how like that's how the movie starts. And then there's like other parts of it from from then after that are just like what is happening? Like the like Vin Diesel. Like everyone in this movie probably should have died. Obviously, but like put that aside. Like. He may like with his bare hands, like tears down the scaffolding um, leading up to like wherever they're hiding or wherever they're escaping from. And he falls with all these other people into like the water below. And I don't know what they're in some sort of like sewage duck. I don't know where they're at yeah. underground. And like, how the hell does he survive? Just like, uh, like, honestly, give, give like no attempt at explaining it. Like, he was sinking to the bottom. He's invincible. They were locked. They were locked into wherever they were. Like he locked them Scott, in. Scott. <laughs> You're you are looking in the wrong. You are barking up the wrong tree. Let well, us other let us consider like crappy that excuses this, for like people living. That this movie we have not even talked. We have not even scratched the surface of the stupidest, most illogical part of the. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about space. Movie, yeah, no, which is that Tyrese and Ludacris go to space in a Pontiac with a rocket engine strapped to the top of it. Yeah. And apparently when they're in space and they press the gas on the car, it works. It was rewired. Like the car, car was car rewired, would. Scott. Well, the simple explanation is the car was rewired to to, to hit the... Uh, yeah, right. Hit that, yeah. I guess. But like, it's so, also, look, Tej does the math 
and you can't Roman. just rewire something to like <laughs> overcome well, look, gravity. Lucas Black like, rewrite can, the laws of gravity. The the lead actor in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift can certainly rewire a car uh, gas pedal to to get attached to the to a rocket booster or whatever the hell I don't know. Um, yeah, look, and the fact that like Ro- like Roman's just like driving in space, like yeah, okay, cool, sure, bud. Also, they the fact that they, they can't talk at all. Like, like the whole talking thing is just like. So oh awesome. yeah, yeah. Not that's not real. Just everyone knows. <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> Un- unbelievable time. I know I'm uh, like taking like I'm I taking this too it, seriously. I understand, but like it was it was absurd. If you're gonna do that, like you don't have anywhere else to go from here. It's like I'm saying, like you have you have gone to the the great beyond. Not to mention they just like they they globe trot like it's nothing where where are they getting the money like and and where did the cars come from right he just yeah. rolls up to to edinburgh with like you know some freaking luxury some, vehicle some like, rarries ridiculous vehicle where are they coming from like does he just have a, a dealer waiting in every country like well look he did does he work for like the same intelligence agency that mr nobody works for like i just kind of assumed like that's the answer but did they stop working because they at some point worked for that for that I guess, organization? Yeah. For, yeah, I mean, I I don't know, but I, so I mean, yeah, maybe maybe that's the explanation. But again, not in the movie. Look, it doesn't make any sense. I agree with you. I'm I'm grasping at straws because as much as I'm trying to you know eviscerate this film right now, I'm also trying to like not be unreasonable <laughs> as well. But I just like literally don't get some of these things at all. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. I'm pretty. I mean, like look, I, I, no, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. Um. What else is there to talk about? Should we talk about Aries? Should we talk about... Oh, no. We got to talk about the one laugh that I got out of this movie. Um, of course, it involves Charlize Theron talking to Otto, who's like this like playboy billionaire. Total total idiot. Like, absolute idiot. Um, and <laughs> calls him Yoda because he's a puppet with a hand stuck up his ass. I just... Yeah. I died. I died at that one, Scott. That one got me good. Dude, the ending of her storyline in this movie, too, is so, like... She just she's like in the freaking drone. Gets out of the drone, yeah. 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 <laughs> there was something so funny about it to me. Like she gets out of the drone, and there's like we like watch her like power walk like across yeah. the hangar for like a full 10 seconds. Just like the walk in her expression. I was like, what are we looking at? This is, We're looking uh, at the next villain in the next movie, I guess. Yeah, the, the old guard is actually a prequel to this movie. I forgot that like she shows up, you know, pretty early on or whatever, because she's John Cena like has her in a cage basically yeah and then she's just gone for like an hour and 45 minutes very large portion and and then she paused and i was like oh wait like that's right she's still a thing and then Otto just decides to send it and let her out yeah partner with her crazy what a film what a film it's just like when you know that no one can die there's no sort of suspense or tension or anything in that in the action. That that's maybe the last thing I would say about the action is just like when you know that like Vin Diesel could get we could watch him get gunned down in the middle of the street and he would be back two scenes later. Um, it's yeah. like why do I even care? Like of course we know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to get away with it. Well, Scott, that's your fault for caring. <laughs> I don't know that I did care, but <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha, cool. All right, cool. We're on the same page then. All right, I go with that. We can <laughs> enter our rapid phase. What was your favorite senior moment from F nine? 
Um, you know, I guess the first time they use the magnets, right? And there's like this fight in the back of the truck. Um, yeah. When um, what's her face? Ramsey is like driving, and you know they're they're again they they do some cool stuff with the the magnets early yeah. on, uh, but before they start overusing it. Um, yeah. Till they use it like literally every other second. Yeah. So I mean, I would point to that, and then you know, like I said, the the ridiculous car stunt from earlier in the movie where, where they like, he like attaches his car to like a rope and basically, and swings across a, you know, vast, uh, Canyon. Yeah. Look, nailed it perfectly, man. I mean, I know the car was pretty torn up afterwards, but like, that could have gone fine. Really Just get another one in the next country, you know, next country. I'm pretty sure it's around the corner. There's another one waiting for them. Yeah. Um, although I guess actually crossing that bridge, they were in a different country, right? So that was the whole deal. deal. Like they were trying to cross the border, I think. I don't know. If you say so. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's been a while since I've watched this movie already, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, yeah. For me, look, that that's a good shout. Look, I like I like the the. There's like good. So this is the thing that I was like trying to wrap my head around <clears throat> a little bit. It's just like I was reading these like plot summaries last night. And then I went back and read the plot summary for this. By the way, there's like an error, I'm pretty sure, in the Wikipedia article for the plot summary for this. Because it doesn't matter. We're not going to get into it. But I'm pretty sure that either I very much misinterpreted something that was happening in the movie or the Wikipedia description is wrong. I think the Wikipedia description is wrong, but it's probably me. Um, anyway, and I'm like, these movies should be good. Like, it's like, it's like these movies should be good. That's the thing. Like, like sure. at, at its core, like an action franchise centered around like vehicles, like that should be fun. That should be like a lot of fun. And somehow they just like it's not that... centered around vehicles really anymore though. Except, you know, that they have them and they look cool. Like Sure. Yeah. I mean that that's definitely true. Like what like since I guess since like Fast and Furious whatever the fourth the one. The fourth one, yeah. That's the last one that was like racing was like the core of the, the core I mean, of the there franchise. Is racing technically plays a part but of the core of the franchise. That's yeah. The, yeah. I mean yeah. that's how Dom's dad dies, but yeah. Um yeah, yeah, but it's just like man. What, like why why don't I like this? And the truth is just because it's like really poorly made. It's just like really poorly made from like a story character perspective, in my opinion. Um, and, and I don't feel like the the previous ones that I have seen were that poorly made. They were yeah. just not for me. But this one, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and and that's like that's why like I am just like not the target audience for this because I haven't seen mm-hmm. the previous six movies. Or like I haven't seen. Um, I mean, I guess I haven't seen the previous seven movies. No, no previous six. Three through eight. That's six movies. There, I did the math. Um, and yeah, and it's just like I had to have the background. It's just like hard for me to even say there's like a character moment that's like a favorite scene or moment for me. Um, I do agree that like the, the the first use of the magnets was like interesting, right? And then they just like totally just lose their shit with them, just completely go off. I guess I talked about the scene that I thought that actually made me laugh. I'll, I'll go with that as my favorite moment. Um, there are some good stunts though. Like I, I don't mean to like poo poo the, the whole thing because like the stunts are. There are some cool stunts. You mentioned one of them as your as your favorite scene, and some of this stuff does does work pretty well. the The gimmicks though, they just over, they just overuse them so much. I mean, the magnet is like the biggest offender, obviously. But like, there's like other gimmicks too that I just felt I'm forgetting right now. But I, I like, like too like, when like Vin Diesel and John Cena are like jumping on truck tops of trucks and stuff, like yeah. while they're moving at at high speeds. That's yeah. pretty pretty good. But it, that's one of the Vin Diesel things where it's like. I look at this like huge burly guy or whatever. I don't know if I necessarily believe he has the agility to be performing these types of 
Uh, well, look, they're not moving that fast. Let's let's be real. Like, yeah, it's not like I guess it's not like true. Snake. It's not like Henry Henry Golding and Snake Eyes out there. Like, it's not like they're not ninjas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I kind of just assumed that like if we're just like continuing to add former wrestlers, like I assume Dave Bautista is going to be like some relative of Vin Diesel soon. You would think. Um, maybe a cousin. Have we had any cousins yet? Have cousins been a thing? Probably. Okay. We'll look into that. I'll do some research. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get to the bottom of that. Um, but yeah, that, that's don't what I got. Any ideas? I don't think they need ideas from me. Uh, all right, Scott, out of ten, what are you giving F nine? Three point seven. This movie stinks. Wow. Banger. That's way higher than I expected. <laughs> way higher than I'm going. Two point five. Terrible film. Least favorite film of the year so far, and that includes Cherry, which was an absolute abomination too. Oh, uh, well, you, you've been blessed, Scott, if this was your, your least favorite film of the year, because, well, you did watch The Woman in the Window. I don't know how that didn't rate lower, but you didn't watch yeah. The Blazing World, fortunately. <laughs> I did not watch The Blazing World. But yeah, look, uh, Cherry, F9, Woman in the Window, worst movies of the year so far. And uh, th- this one just it made me mad. This movie like made me mad. And... Mm-hmm. Woman in the Window didn't make me mad because I knew that was going to be really bad. I knew that was going to be laughably bad. And uh, it was. It was laughably bad. Um, oh, yes. This movie just was infuriating. Anyway, that's uh, that'll do it for our review of F9. Let's take a short break. When we return, we'll be talking about some news. Be right back. Welcome back for part two of today's episode of Some Like It, Scott. As mentioned before the break, we do have some news. This week we heard about some release dates being shuffled, especially for a few Warner Brothers movies, Scott. Why don't you walk us through it? Yeah, so the release date of October the 22nd, I believe it is, right? It's lit lit now. Yeah, um, this is going to be an insane uh, release date. I mean, it was already looking yeah. pretty crazy. But the French Dispatch uh, and with the French Dispatch, uh, Wes Anderson's new film and Last Night in Soho, Edgar Wright's new film. Of course, again, both of them were supposed to be released last year, um, and you know we're we're pushed to this year. But you know, two two huge names in, in terms of quote unquote auteurs, yeah. um, you know, um, among modern directors. Um, and you can now add a third modern auteur to that uh, that date because uh, Warner Brothers has pushed Denis Villeneuve's Dune um, to that same day as well, um, which means October 22nd, we're going to be getting new films from Denis Villeneuve, Wes Anderson, and uh, Edgar Wright. Um, you know, some of my most anticipated, both of our most anticipated movies, um, you know, of the year, uh, last night in Soho was for me last year. Dune obviously was for both of us, but you know, for you, I think had it maybe number one last year. But um, you know, that Tenant was my number one last year, but, right? And I yes. happen to think Wes Anderson is on a you know the, probably the best streak of his career, best streak of movies of his career right now. Um, and so I'm definitely looking forward to the French Dispatch as well. Um, it's going to be a, a crazy weekend, Scott. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know, you know, choose your fighter, I guess. What's, what's the first movie you're seeing? Uh, of, well, I know the answer for you is probably going to be Dune. Um, 
And yeah, it might be for me too. I don't know. I might, I yeah, might lean it's, towards it's, last last night at Soho. I loved the trailer. Obviously, it has Anya Taylor Joy in it. Um, I've already really enjoyed Edgar Wright's other movie from this year. So I think there's no way that, that these movies that. all come out on the same day. Like so, something's getting moved. Like they're all from different studios. I know I so, like, so. they're not all from the same studio. But there's just like there's just like no way that some movie doesn't get moved. Like to October, like back to Dune's date. Yeah, because I mean, it would be one thing, right? Like the other movie that is coming out that day is Jackass Four, right? And that that this has been yeah, in the sure. in the news as well. It would be one thing, right? No if it's overlap like, in, that, in that audience. Exactly. If it was like last night at Soho or French Dispatch, if it was French Dispatch versus Jackass Four, they're sure. they're like the the Venn diagram does not. There's like nobody in the middle of that Venn diagram. Uh, but here, you're talking about you know again people who are you know movie fans and in particular like independent movie yeah. fans i guess if that's how you want to describe them um you know again these could easily be their three most anticipated movies of the year like this is full 100 percent overlap in the venn diagram in a lot of ways well i think certainly for edgar well that's not true it's like a sliding scale right like most indie is like certainly wes anderson edgar wright like is that like happy medium i guess of like indie roots but like has mainstream appeal yeah and absolutely. then yeah. yeah, I mean, Denny Villa is actually, I mean, I mean, he's a straight blockbuster filmmaker now. I mean, I know he's an auteur. I mean, I don't have to sit here and, and talk about how much I like Denny Villeneuve, but um, yeah, like it's a sliding scale. And I mean, October is just jacked, though. I was just like looking a little bit further, like the last duel, I'm pretty sure is still coming out in October, the week before this. Um, One of Halloween Scott's two movies that he's releasing this year. Yeah. Halloween Kills is coming out the week before as well. Just got um, a trailer for that this week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. No Time to Die, we all know, is the week before, you know, the week before The Last Duel and stuff finally coming out as well. And they moved, like, Warner Brothers moved something to that Dune release date. That's why they moved it, right? Like, what, what did they move to that release date? I am not recalling off the top of my head. But, yeah, it does seem like a pretty pretty random move. And to move it to that of all days, but, you know, it, it maybe it's just a placeholder. Maybe Dune is, is going to be the one that gets moved again. Maybe it's... <laughs> I I'm just going to go back to that Christmas date that it was going to be last year. I, I mean, yeah, I, I look, I, like, I, like, honestly, that, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if it did. Like, I don't think that there's a big blockbuster. Like, I know West Side Story is coming out. At Christmas. West Side like, what, Story, yeah. Like, what else is coming out at Christmas? Yeah, so w Warner Brothers did shuffle its release. It's like Dune got pushed back, obviously, because the many Saints of Newark uh, got pushed back as well, which is the Sopranos prequel. So, like, man, I just I just don't. Like, I feel like the right move here would be to, like, move Edgar Wright's movie up. But I, I don't know if if Universal has the appetite to do that, to, do, to you know, to, to move that a week before. Why don't you a just bond, ask a bond him, movie? Scott. Yeah, look, but it, it we'll see. I think what's most likely is just that Dune, you know, get, gets bumped again. Like at this point, like I don't know why you don't just like put it out of Thanksgiving. And like I know that there's like always going to be like unless you just yeah because things. I mean yeah they're wanting that to do huge numbers and it's just it's not going to on oh Top Gun Maverick so Top Gun Maverick is Thanksgiving so I don't even know is Mission Mission Impossible is not this year right so Mission Impossible is not coming out Christmas they get moved again didn't it didn't it get moved again that's I think maybe it did or no I think it's still coming out this year isn't it it just got moved to like. The end of the year. I think that might be a December. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Because didn't isn't that is that still shut down for COVID reasons? 
Oh no, it's expected May of next year. So yeah, I thought that they moved it back again. Okay. Yeah, I think they they moved it back because they're also not shooting seven and eight back to back anymore. So I don't know what they're going to do for the release. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a conversation for another time. The point is, like, I just think that one of the like, there's just it's so stupid if these movies come out on the same day. Like, I know it's like an impossibly crowded calendar, but it's just inane for these movies to come out on the same day. And there and there will be some people who will like like maybe maybe me or maybe you who will be like, oh, this will be fun. Let's make a you know a fun weekend and we'll go see all three of them or whatever. But it's not. Sure. Yeah. That's just that's that's not how the average consumer operates. Exactly. Um, and it's gonna end like just like flat out like it's gonna hurt the two smaller movies like people are going to go see Dune like in my mind yeah um like at the end of the day if like the person who just went and that I sat next to at F9 last night goes and says all right what movie am I going to go see like they're going to go to they're going to go see Dune like they're just going to go see I don't know they might be going to see Jackass 4 (laughs) you're not wrong actually that's a good point (laughs) oh that's that's fair that's very valid um well Vin Diesel and Johnny Knoxville they're on the this person's personal Mount Rushmore yeah they're they're complimentary filmmakers for sure uh Scott anything else to add here before we move to the next thing um, just that I'm excited for all three of these movies and I will see all of them whenever they do come out, even if it is the same weekend. Okay. Yeah. Also, I guess on that, what's, what's your order, Scott? Like if you had to say right now, like what's your order? What's, what days are you going on the weekend? What are you doing? La- last night in Soho, Friday. You got to go Thursday. One of these has got to be Thursday night. Okay. Last night in Soho, Thursday. Okay. Cause um, the A-list thing, like you got to leave yourself in flexibility. June, Friday big and then after the heaviness of dune we have a you know a nice sort of aesthetically pleasing crowd you know uh upbeat what i assume will be more comedic um you know palate palate cleanser that's the phrase i'm looking for and uh in the french dispatch i think that's the way to go probably not very respectable order thursday night dune imax huge go big or go home and i i have to do one thursday night because i probably will want to see dune again on opening weekend yeah um so i gotta see one on thursday night otherwise i'm gonna run off a list reservations um so thursday night dune friday night last night in soho saturday afternoon french dispatch optionality to go big again on sunday for dune yeah there you go sounds like you, you you've got it uh you got it all planned done i also bought a popcorn maker recently so i can just like fill a nice little side bag of popcorn take to the movie with me and be that guy He's like, is just like going, like rustling through his bag to like get all the snacks and drinks out. Don't you miss last year when you could be like, yeah, I'll just go see Tenet three times in the same weekend because there's nothing else out. (laughs) Um, that was a wonderful weekend. First off, uh, second, uh, I don't miss it, but that was a wonderful weekend. Yeah. Um, and there was no one there. There was literally no one in the theater. I had the huge IMAX screen in Boston basically to myself, and it was fantastic. Um, but that is. Not ever going to happen again, probably. I mean, look, on your average weekend, you could totally just do that, right? Like, if things were correct in the world, like, we could just go do that for Dune when it comes out. Because there shouldn't be anything else releasing on the same weekend as Dune. But just because of the reality of missing a year worth of blockbuster movies, they all have to come out. Um, And some of them are going to end up coming out on top, like, the mid-budget films like French Dispatch and Last Night in Soho. They have to go out on some day with a blockbuster because every weekend's gonna have a freaking blockbuster. I mean, Eternals is only like two weeks after that. Right. Um, I mean, there's four Marvel movies this year, and we haven't even gotten one of them yet. Like, we haven't seen a single one yet, and there's four coming yeah. out this year. Um, so it's crazy stuff. But anyway, that's the release date. 
sort of churn that we've seen. I think that there's going to be more movement. I just think there's no way that those four movies come out on the same day or three movies. I mean, Jackass four is not moving, but those three movies come out on the same day. It'd be so funny if Jackass four gets moved. Wins <laughs> the box office, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> so funny, but yeah, the other piece of news that just wanted to briefly touch on was news that, uh, you know, frankly, it was probably the least surprising news, like less surprising than Disney greenlighting Cruella two in like a couple days. Is that Harrison Ford has been injured on the set of Indiana Jones Five? I mean, the guy is like ninety, right? Like the guy is so old. Like, why is he making another Indiana Jones movie? Um, he's injured. Production's going to shift a little bit to work around his injury. By the way, his injury didn't actually come even filming anything. They were rehearsing a combat scene, and he got injured. So that's like probably not a good sign for the combat scene. Not not good news for that film getting seen. It's like I, it just makes me remember like Tom Cruise like breaking his leg or whatever on the set of, of Mission Impossible Fallout doing a stunt. And I'm just like, but like, that was an actual stunt that he was doing. Harrison Ford's just like, I don't know, like taking a light punch on the shoulder and like yeah. up his shoulder. Oh, man. Scott, what, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, yeah, like you said, it, it, it's not surprising. Again, it calls into question why we're doing this again. And I guess the answer is... To put, I mean, to put Harrison Ford in his grave. That's why we're doing to, this. I mean, it'll make money, of course. But I think it's I think that you can't ignore the, you know, the role that how bad the fourth one was or how um, sure. in like every respect. Right. Like Shia LaBeouf the, was the reason to take that, over. Yeah. The reason that they decided to come back, because, like, I mean, I'm shocked personally that Harrison Ford like came back. I mean, because, you know, he he wanted to be killed off in Star Wars Episode seven. That was the only way he would come back to Star yeah. Wars is if he got killed off. Maybe the only way that he'll come back to Indiana Jones is if he himself yeah. actually if dies. If they actually promise to kill him on set. <laughs> They're going to put him down <laughs> now that he has this injury. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to watch, probably. Um, oh, yeah. But, it's going to be. I think I, I genuinely think it's going to be brutal. Like, in, unless uh, it is a movie, like, engineered around, like, just like a, a limping Harrison Ford. Like, I don't understand how this is going to look good. Like, it's just going to it's literally just going to be like Robert De Niro and the Irishman curb stomping the guy and how awful that yeah. looked. I mean, for the entire look, movie, you got Mads Mikkelsen, you have Phoebe Waller-Bridge, you have James Mangold directing this thing. I mean, I have should faith be good in those people. Um, cer- certainly. Um, but then there's like but, all these photos yeah. of him on set with like the with like the digital dots on his face, mm-hmm. so they can de-age him. Like they're gonna freaking de-age him. <laughs> what are they doing? It's gonna be a disaster. Uh, <laughs> but well, this is so ill better than the fourth one. I mean, it really does. And this is the point you're making. But it really does show just like a colossal screw up that movie was. Like Shia LaBeouf I was mean, supposed to take over. It was supposed to be like the sunset on. On his and it just was awful. Harrison Ford at this point, he needs to be doing like the father, right? He needs to be doing a movie that is going to get him Oscar attention because he has never won an Oscar. He's only been nominated one time, and for the witness, right? He's you know he doesn't have many years left. So go get you one, Harrison. Don't don't waste your time with yeah this i don't i don't care how wild and i don't care how much money they're paying you your money's not going to be doing you that much good when you're dead (laughs) i don't know maybe he wants to be buried with the money you don't don't know that it's possible his money could do a lot of work for him when he's dead um yeah but instead he's doing call of the wild and 
but I don't know what what other stuff has he done recently. Um, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, I guess. Yeah, I Blade mean, Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, man. I mean, that was at least a good use of his time. I mean, well, yeah, because he's such a small role in the movie, but right, Secret like, Life of he, Pets. Doesn't he do some voices in one of those? Uh, yeah, I think he plays Rooster. There's another. There's another one of those things coming out. Yeah, I mean, since since twenty fifteen, The Force Awakens, he had a role in The Age of Adeline. Blade Runner 2049, right. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, The Call of the Wild, Secret Life of Pets 2, and then this Indian. He's like only doing like like long after follow-up movies to like franchises he was a part of 40 years ago. Like, yeah. What? He must be getting paid some un, like just an ungodly amount of money to do these things. I mean, I like yeah, it, it must be because because like I said, he he was like, if he's not gonna come back for Star Wars, if he wasn't gonna come back for Star Wars, like well, I don't know. I, I mean, feel like Indiana Jones might actually be like more important to him. Yeah, that that's that's possible because you know he was the lead or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the franchise was him. Like, yeah, just him. There's yeah. nothing else. Um, His character right there in the title. Oh, that's him. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, Scott. I think that should really do it for this episode. <laughs> what a wonderful episode we've done. Yeah. Wow. What a train wreck. <laughs> Where can people find you on Letterboxd? Uh, I am at Scarvy Dent on all platforms. Letterboxd and otherwise. And I am at Shelton 2013 on pretty much every platform. I think I'm at Shelton 2017 on Instagram because some just rat bastard had taken Shelton 2013 already, but not on the other platforms. Very confusing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, follow us over there. Also check out our podcast Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash pods bunch of different tiers for you to check out. If you can support us, that'd be awesome. If not, you can still find us on all the normal places where you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Please rate, review, subscribe, share, all that jazz. And we appreciate you. We'll be back next week with a review of an A24 film, Scott. When's the last time Let's I said go. that? When's the last time I said that? So long. Um, that's a good question. Uncut, Uncut Gems? Gems? Yeah, yeah, that's probably the last one. Yeah, because did we get one? In, we didn't get any in 2020, right? I don't think so. Well, St. Maud had a weird sort of, I mean, it came out a little bit in 2020. No one actually knows it. when that movie actually came out. Like, it came out like maybe like 10 different times. I'm it's not a good movie, sure. though. I recommend watching it. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to be back next week with an A24 movie, which is crazy because I don't think we've done that on the podcast in over a year and a half, uh, with the Twitter thread inspired drama Zola. But until then, for Scott Harvey, I'm Scott Shelton. We'll see you next time. See you down the road. Mm-hmm.